Hello, this is Adrian Hendricks. And Jerry Hendricks of Say One More Now, Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to God and to human life than to bypass by ignorance or rejection His salvation that is only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. Today's message is about the deplorable deployables. The word deplorable refers to something exceedingly bad. Some synonyms are abysmal, appalling, grisly, hateful, noxious, and wretched. Deplorable and all of its synonyms are terms used to describe many who have given their lives to Jesus Christ. If this is you, I say rejoice. We read at 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, In this union and communion with Him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face Him because as He is, so are we in this world. The word deploy is largely used in military circles and means to move troops or equipment into position for military action. A few synonyms for this word are to position, to station, to locate, and to post. Deployable means ready to be deployed. We want to encourage everyone who, in the eyes of the world, are deplorable, but have been deployed by the Lord Jesus Himself, the original deplorable deployable. Normally, before a deployment occurs, those being sent have equipment and one or multiple forms with which to complete their mission. Sometimes the equipping may be in the form of external resources. Sometimes the equipping is internal in the form of one or more skill sets or natural or acquired abilities. The deployed may also understand something about the risks involved in their assignments. The Bible tells us that Jesus' equipping was unique. He was the Word of God, co-equal with God, according to John 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Hebrews 2 tells us about His human presence. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels through the suffering of death, having been crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Therefore, since the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same things, in order that through death he might destroy the one having the power of death, that is, the devil. For indeed he does not take hold of angels, but he does take hold of the seed of Abraham, Therefore he was obligated to become like his brothers in all respects, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, in order that he might make propitiation for the sins of the people. Jesus was exposed to the risk involved at Mark 1 verse 13. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan, and was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. And he knew the nature of those to whom he was sent at John 2, verses 23 through 25. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, at the feast, many believed on his name, beholding the signs which he was doing. But Jesus did not trust himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Jesus knew that he would be misunderstood, publicly ridiculed, horribly mistreated, and finally murdered. 
At John 12, verses 23 through 28, we read, And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose have I come into this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Jesus knew why he came to earth, what his mission was, what he was up against, and he fully intended to achieve his purpose. John 1 verses 10 through 13 explains, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and they that were his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Finally, John 1, 4 and 9 speaks to the very special quality that Jesus, the Word of God himself, possessed. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That was the true light which lightens every man coming into the world. And so equipped, Jesus was deployed to accomplish the purpose of God in the earth. Soon after Jesus began his ministry, he selected 12 disciples, and according to Matthew 10, He gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every illness. And he equipped them with warnings. Behold, I am sending you forth like sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to councils, and they will flog you in their synagogues. And you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the nations. But whenever they hand you over, do not worry how or what you should speak. For it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak, for you are not the ones speaking, but the Spirit of your Father who is speaking in you. He told them they would be seen as deplorables. And you will be hated by all people for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he become like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call his household members? He equipped them with encouragement. Therefore do not fear them, for nothing is concealed that shall not be unveiled, and secret that shall not be made known. What I say to you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear in the ear, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them shall fall on the ground apart from the will of your Father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Therefore, do not fear. You are worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever will confess me before men, I also will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny him before my Father who is in heaven. He advised them what the mission would cost. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. 
And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And finally he told them what they would receive. He that receives you receives me, and he that receives me receives him who sent me. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Furthermore, Jesus prayed these words to his Father at John 17. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Jesus, fully aware that those following him would also be opposed by the same enemies which opposed him, specifically asked his Father to help those he sent out. We who have come to know Jesus as exactly who he claimed to be are among those he has deployed. Just as he was equipped, he equipped his disciples and us with every resource necessary for the mission. Just as Jesus was tempted by his enemy and ours to achieve his mission with a shortcut, we will be tempted in the same way. But Hebrews 12.2 says that we overcome by looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus asked his Father to protect us as well. Picking up at John 17, verse 19, we read, And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. We who have believed 
or trusted in the truth of Jesus' name are those born by the will of God and whom he deploys into the world as Jesus prayed at John 17, 18. And because we have come to believe by the word of those who were deployed, now we are being deployed to bring the word of life to yet more people. You may ask, well, what does all of this have to do with saving lives and dishonoring God in human life? Here's the answer. People need to know and really want to know, in spite of what they say, that they are greatly loved by their Creator God. Jesus has made it possible for everyone who recognizes who He is and acknowledges His sacrifice and resurrection to be with Him for all time. We need to remember that we war against those who want them to never know this truth. Christians around the world are being silenced, persecuted, and killed because of their faith in the Savior of the world, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to earth as a man to accomplish what humanity was to have done long ago but failed. Jesus did not fail, nor does he fail now. God fully meant for us to represent him on earth and to be with him in his eternal realm, all of us. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 21 explains, For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of our preaching to save those that believe. He deploys us to tell others what Jesus said at John 3 verses 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Therefore, let us take heart through Colossians 2, verses 6 through 15, that says, Since you have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, live in union with him. Keep your roots deep in him. Build your lives on him and become stronger in your faith as you were taught. And be filled with thanksgiving. See to it then that no one enslaves you by means of the worthless deceit of human wisdom, which comes from the teachings handed down by human beings and from the ruling spirits of the universe, and not from Christ. For the full content of divine nature lives in Christ, in his humanity, and you have been given full life in union with him. He is supreme over every spiritual ruler and authority. In union with Christ, you were circumcised, not with the circumcision that is made by human beings, but with the circumcision made by Christ, which consists of being freed from the power of this sinful self. For when you were baptized, you were buried with Christ, and in baptism you were also raised with Christ through your faith in the active power of God who raised him from death. You were at one time spiritually dead because of your sins and because you were Gentiles without the law. But God has now brought you to life with Christ. God forgave us all our sins. He canceled the unfavorable record of our debts with its binding rules and did away with it completely by nailing it to the cross. And on that cross, Christ freed himself from the power of the spiritual rulers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them by leading them as captives in his victory procession. 
Jesus, our Commander-in-Chief, calls us through his love to share his good news with people who are perishing in the world system that is also perishing. He has already cleared the way for us to follow him. He has accomplished the heavy lifting, so to speak. His enemies wanted him stopped at all costs, even to the point of death. But his brilliant plan allowed them to kill him, thereby sealing their eternal loss and capture by Jesus according to Ephesians 4 verse 8. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Which echoes at Psalm 68 verse 18. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train, and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Jesus knew, indicated by his prayer, John 17, that we would be hated by the world. We would be called deplorables. Jesus also knew that we would be ready and able to go where he wants us to be. God's word encourages us to be prepared for deployment by Jesus through his Holy Spirit. Paul compares believers in Christ to military personnel in 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4. Take with me your share of the hardships and suffering which you are called to endure as a good first-class soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier when in service gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. Rather, his aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. If you are a Christian in name only, there is no way you can participate in this conflict. In fact, you may end up being a casualty. The only way one can enter this war is in spirit and in truth, as the Apostle Paul reveals our need to follow Jesus at 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 6. For though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience are fully secured and complete. There is no way mere humans can hold up against enemies they cannot touch or see. Our weaponry is otherworldly, and we can only wield spiritual weapons as Ephesians 6, 10-18 describes. Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him that strength which his boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and, having done all the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place. Stand, therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God. 
and having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness, and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the Spirit wills, which is the word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. So, are you a deplorable deployable? Are you available and ready for kingdom work, no matter what you're called or how you're treated? Jesus has given us all we need to follow him faithfully. We invite you to join us and the Apostle Paul as he describes this life at Galatians 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We at Say One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for his calling on your life. If you are faithful to spend time with him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that he really loves you, and he has a purpose for your being here. You can hear this message again on our website at saveonemorenow.org. We can be reached by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org, or our telephone number in the United States, 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life is good. God gives life. God is good.